First of all, I just want to say, screw LeBron, screw the Lakers, and let's go Nuggets. On a lighter note, I've got a culinary life hack for you. You know the brown enchilada sauce that you get at the Mexican restaurant? Yeah. You can make it at home. All you need is one part red enchilada sauce, one part red enchilada sauce, and one part brown gravy. Okay. You make the brown gravy like you normally would, you mix in the red enchilada sauce, let it cook down a little bit more, good to go. But this is not a Western Conference cooking podcast. <laughs> Welcome to Season 7, Episode 18 of Cinema Chop Shop. This is a movie podcast that concedes that remakes are going to happen. So why shouldn't movie buffs, like us, decide who is recast in those iconic roles? My name is... Henry the Travigator, mm-hmm. a.k.a. <laughs> Travasco da Gama. Yes. A.k.a. Amerigo Travespucci. <laughs> I love it. I thought there was going to be some traversing or something in there. And I will be your host, and I'm joined here in the shop by my co-host and co-producer, Sean Cabot, a.k.a. Expedition, a.k.a. The Seanquistador. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> we are also extremely excited to welcome back to the show Chop Shop Regulator, The Lost Chelsea of Zed, a.k.a. The Treasure of Chelsea Madre, a.k.a. Ferdinand Machellan. <laughs> <laughs> Further description of the show, uh, the tagline says, Watch Chop Retrofit, because essentially that's what we do here. We watch older movies, sometimes they're classic films with iconic actors, and then we retrofit them by tweaking the design with new parts. Quick disclaimer, we're not actually in favor of remake, reboot, sequel-dependent cinematic culture. Let's explore other options. This is more of an exercise in satire and irony. We try to be funny. And sometimes we discover comedy gold. Nice. And so that will bring us into our first segment, uh, which is movie news. And it was a lighter week on movie news this week. But this is where we try to pay attention throughout the week to stories that pertain to our show or our subject or that our listeners might find interesting. And unfortunately, we do have to start it off with an RIP. Uh, Rest in peace and rest in power to actor Barbara Jefford. She died at the age of 90, and if I remember correctly, she's a was a British actress of both stage and screen. So rest in peace, Barbara Jefford. Next up, so on the money with movie news here. Uh, money in quotes. Uh, Star Wars Galaxy's Edge lightsabers, Jedi robes, Sith artifacts, and more merch coming to Disney's online store. I'm psyched about that. You now I don't have to drive to Florida to get a lightsaber. <laughs> you still play with toys? Hell yeah, I do. I do too. Uh, not those kind of toys. Chelsea. Oh, shut the fuck up. And next we've got DC Universe is dropping TV shows to focus on digital comics. No, no, no. For the last time, no. Tell us how you feel about that, Chelsea. <laughs> I'm so upset right now. And because you're a fan of what show did you say? Doom Patrol. Tell me what that is. Um, it is the greatest fucking show ever. Enough said. All right, cool. Um, <laughs> I'm mad. Good summary. <laughs> Chris Rock wrote a script for a film he describes as similar to Bad Lieutenant. And pretty sure we're talking about the original Bad Lieutenant with Harvey Keitel, not Bad Lieutenant Port of Call New Orleans with Nicholas Cage. <laughs> um, also, on a side note, uh, Chris Rock is also helming the reboot of Candyman that's coming out soon. I think that's right. Uh, Dana, 
John Boyega quits perfume ambassador role over a Chinese ad. Now, from what I understand, it's Joe Malone is the name of the perfume brand. And from what I understand, they either edited him out of the commercial in China or replaced him completely. And the suspected reasoning was racially motivated. Yeah. So he, he jumped gross. ship. And the, the chairman or the head of the, the perfume company made a statement today saying, that's not what we stand for, blah, 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 but uh, too little, too late. Funko immortalizes Wonder Woman's 1984's new power in a limited edition Funko Pop. Ahead of next month's virtual New York Comic Con, Funko debuted a new Wonder Woman 1984 pop featuring the Amazonian Riding Lightning. And it also comes with Metallica soundtrack. <laughs> Ew. Uh, but you have to pay the royalties on that. Yes. When every you, time you every, every time, time you look at it. I'm still mad at them. Fuck those guys. Warner Brothers promises The Flash will restart the DCEU, but everything will be remembered. Doesn't that kind of sound like a contradiction of terms? Yep. So I don't know what that is about, but that will wrap us up on movie news for this week. And is that the phone ringing? That must mean it's time for the Department of Corrections Department with Chief Corrections Officer Dana. Hey, how you doing? The bling ring was a West Coast thing. Regarding the controversy with Mulan's lead actress, Yifei Liu, quote, voiced support on social media for Hong Kong police amid accusations that the authorities were using excessive force to crack down on protests, end quote. The Lords of Flatbush and Happy Days came out around the same time, but Slide did inspire the Fonz's voice, including the classic A, as well as his tough exterior, but tender interior. Uh, what Katy Perry breakup? Orlando Bloom just had a baby with her. Margot was the Hemingway you were wondering about who committed suicide. She, of course, was not the only Hemingway to commit suicide. Her grandfather, Ernest, also did, as well as Ernest's sister, brother, and father. Woody Allen and Diane Keaton did eight movies together. All right, I'm going to go cruise by some of the Law & Order filming locations. Maybe I'll have a Stabler sighting. See you next week. All right, thank you, Dana, for that. And uh, maybe I, it was just wishful thinking on my part about the Orlando Bloom, Katy Perry breakup, but I did hear that they named their baby Firework because their baby is a firework. That's way off pitch. And so that brings us to the theme of the episode. On September 20th, 1519, Ferdinand Machellan set sail from San Lucar de Barameda with about 270 men on his expedition to circumnavigate the globe. So in commemoration of that, we're talking exploration films. Uh, I do need to say right here at the beginning that I do have mixed feelings about this subject. Kind of, I'm kind of conflicted because there are a ton of examples of exploration movies. Um, some good, some not so good. But the majority of them take place during a period of time called the Age of Discovery, which was the height of uh, human exploration for territory. Uh, and it was almost always Europeans, if not white Europeans, um, setting sail off into the quote-unquote new world to steal it from and ravage the indigenous peoples. So 
even though a lot of these movies are framed as very heroic, it's also a double-edged sword of tragedy. Uh, thoughts? Exploration and exploitation. True. Yeah. True. Um, but we're going to talk about it, and we're going to have fun doing it, or I will turn this car around. <laughs> <laughs> that brings us to our next segment, which is the Midnight Devil feature. And this is a fun one where we go around the panel, and we each talk about two films that are within our subject for the week, and or at least related to it and related to each other, and we talk about why they would be a good pairing for a double feature. And Chelsea, have you got a double feature for us? I do. Um, I haven't finished watching this one. Okay, it doesn't count. Sean? <laughs> tell, me, tell me, please. Tell me. It's from 1988. It's called The Adventures of Baron Munchausen. Okay. Is this the Terry Gilliam one? Yeah, maybe. I always associate it with... Yes, yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Okay. I don't like it as much as the other one that I'm going to talk okay. about. So one of the things about uh, Terry Gilliam in general is that he's kind of an acquired taste. Um, much like Charlie Kaufman, his subject matter is always very kind of ethereal and um, hallucinatory somewhat. And so it's not not for everyone. For See, sure. I always liked Terry Gilliam when oh, I was I a like kid. Oh, I like him a lot too, but that um, kind of stuff is right up my was, alley. Well, he was the illustrator for Monty, Monty Python, Python so immediately... I'm in love with the guy's sense of humor. Yes. Um, so my other film is from 1962. It's called The Fabulous Baron Munchausen. And tell us about this one. I have no words. This is the most beautiful film I've okay. ever seen. It's so interesting. It's so cool to look at. Mm -hmm. I caught like 75% of it one time when Sean was watching it. And I was like, what is this? I don't even care what the story is. Yeah. I just want to look at this. It's a from a Czechoslovakian director. Oh, okay. It's the same guy who did the movie about the boys who got on a raft and ended up going back in time to the prehistoric era. I don't know that movie, but it uh, sounds we talked awesome. about it several episodes ago. But okay. uh, the cool thing about this film, and sorry to steal your thunder, but that's fine. The director utilizes illustration in okay. his set making. So, like, if they're on a ship. It looks like like an etched drawing of a ship. So he's oh, taking so these cool. etching like textures yeah. and blowing them up human size. So like instead of standing up against like a wooden plank, it's an etched drawing of a wooden cool. plank. Cool. So it's really neat. Very and, practical effects. <laughs> oh god, it's it's so bizarre and very much uh, in primary colors too. So if if you're like a graphics person yes. or an illustrator person, uh, you'll really uh, really like this on a visual level well i'm not and i loved it <laughs> and is the later one a direct remake of no previous film? it does feature some of the same uh settings like the, yeah. the moon and things like that there and are are they both based on some sort of previous source material like a novel of some sort like a i'm sounds like it could be like a french like a like a voltaire novel or something sounds like, like a that. job for dana sounds yeah. like a job for dana yeah i'm okay, not sure one, one last thing uh just this past week i learned that chechnya and czech republic are the same place they're just two words two different words for the former czechoslovakia really yeah didn't oh. know that Sean, your turn for Midnight Double Feature. All right, so I'm going to take some liberties with the term exploration movies okay. and look at, uh, you know, anytime you go on a journey into the unknown, you are exploring. Yeah. So, well, I mean, you know, I can't say shit because last week I said adventure films. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with 1981's Time Bandits. Speaking of Terry Gilliam, cool. uh, this is written by Michael Palin and Terry Gilliam, starring Sean Connery, Shelley Duvall, John and? Cleese. Mm -hmm. 
Robert De Niro? Uh, mm, Isn't Robert De Niro show? You're thinking about Brazil. Brazil, okay. But uh, it features a huge cast of little people. Gotcha. Uh, most notably, of course, being Kenny Baker, a.k.a. Yes. R2-D2. R2-D2. And you've got a band of time-traveling little people who have absconded with a uh, map from the Supreme Being, and they're on the run from the Supreme Being, and in their efforts to get away, they come across a young boy mm-hmm. and take him on their adventures into time, and uh, they pat- cross paths with uh, Agamemnon. And, Do they uh, pick up the kid in a windowless van? <laughs> no, they don't. It's not <laughs> like that. Uh, Ian Holm, of course, plays Napoleon oh, in cool. one of the early scenes of the film. And it's it's a and John Cleese plays a very, a very deadpan Robin Hood, and uh, so yeah, there's nice. uh, there's some funny stuff. And if you've never seen this, it's a cool movie visually. It's a cool movie in a fun way, and uh, except for the ending, the ending is sad. Uh, the hmm. parent um, spoiler alert for a 1981 movie: the parents are zapped at the very end of the film. The boy's parents, after the boy returns from his journey, they're zapped. They're left smoldering in the front yard, and the little boy's just standing there. And the fireman's like, bye. Played by Sean Connery. He just kind of waves <laughs> yeah, goodbye to him. Their house so burned down. Up. And they, they just get zapped and uh, the credits roll. Yeah. And then the end. What? That's Terry Gilliam. Yeah. <laughs> right. so, so what's going with that? So going with that, I'm doing another film featuring a little person. It's 1988's Willow. I love I Willow. <laughs> A young oh, farmer's chosen to undertake a perilous journey in order to protect a special baby from an evil queen. Uh, written by George Lucas uh, and directed by Ron Howard. I literally watched this movie no less than 25 times as a kid. Really? And yeah. we lived in the middle of nowhere. And one of my only pastimes uh, was to pretend I was the characters from movies that I would see. Mm. And the the rural Oregon uh knock on wood, rural Oregon um, environment was perfect for that sort of thing. Uh, this, of course, stars uh, Warwick Davis in the role of mm-hmm. Willow Ulfgood. Uh, Val Kilmer as Mad, Mad Mardigan, Mardigan, back when he was in his prime. And Joanne Wally as uh, Sorsha. <laughs> Sorsha Ronan. Sorsha Ronan. <laughs> Maybe that's why I thought that was her name. And, of course, Jean Marsh playing uh, Queen Bavmorda, which was very very evil you Um, also have um pollock kevin pollock kevin pollock is one of the little elf guys yes 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 that's right cool deal i like it man those uh especially that last one I'm, i'm a big fan all right my double feature um it's kind of a weird pairing they're both somewhat uh explorer films and they both came out in the early 90s, one being 92, one in 1990. And the other weird thing that they have in common is they both star Patrick Bergen. For the listeners, Patrick Bergen was the evil husband in Sleeping with the Enemy. So the first one is going to be called Map of the Human Heart from 1992. And it's got a 77% on Rotten Tomatoes. It was directed by Vincent Ward. In an Arctic village in 1931, British mapmaker Walter Russell, played by... Patrick Bergen selects 12-year-old Inuit boy named Avik as his guide. When the boy contracts tuberculosis, Walter flies him to a Montreal hospital where Avik meets Albertine and is infatuated. A decade later, grown Avik, now played by Jason Scott Lee, encounters Albertine, played by Anne Paralod, again in London when he's serving as a British combat pilot. Despite her relationship with Walter, 
she and Avic begin an affair. So Patrick Bergen's character ends up in a relationship with his childhood sweetheart, and they meet up again 10 years later and start an affair. I've never heard of this movie. It's good. It's actually, it's actually quite good. Um, next, I've got Mountains of the Moon, uh, which is also a term for a um, mountain range near the Amazon in Africa. This has got a 67% on Rotten Tomatoes, and it was directed by Bob Ralphson. His dad was uh, Bob Ralph. And so Richard Burton, played by Patrick Bergen, and John Hanning Speck, played by Lane Glenn, are explorers determined to find the source of the Nile somewhere in Central Af Africa. Together, they run afoul of native peoples in clement weather and no end of personal injury before reaching what could be the discovery they'd hoped for. When they get back to England, however, the two have a falling out. Speck insists he has discovered the Nile's source, while Burton thinks the evidence is insufficient. Um, this one I don't like as much as the previous one, but it does have Patrick Bergen, and I do remember watching it at least once when I was a kid. There's something of a, there's a like a latent homosexual relationship between the two explorers. Okay. And there's also, this is a trigger warning, guys. <clears throat> there's also one scene where one of them, a, a beetle or an earwig, I hope it wasn't an earwig, crawls into somebody's ear and to get it out, they stab themselves in the ear with the pointy end of a compass. Ooh. Yeah. Thanks. So yeah, that's my double feature, the Patrick Bergen edition. Um, it just occurred to me when you were talking about those, uh, the first movie, um, um, Into the Wild would be a good oh, yeah. explorer movie. Absolutely. Also, uh, the movie Wild with Greasy Reesey Witherspoon. Yeah. Uh, or is it called is that called Alive? No, that's Wild. Wild, where she um, hikes the <laughs> like the Cascade Trail or something like that, all on her own. Right on. All right, so I'm gonna say recommend on Map of the Human Heart. Lighter recommend on Mountains of the Moon. Full on erection recommends <laughs> for mine. Uh, a total recommend for the one I watched fully. <laughs> Erectamends. Erectamends. All right, guys, that's going to bring us into our feature segment, which is the recast. And this is where we take a movie that is with our subject for the week, and we talk a little bit about it, and then we hypothetically recast the main roles with contemporary actors who are at the, the height of their powers of exploration. The first film is going to be, I'm going to try to say this right, because I've been saying it wrong ever since Travis Knowles recommended it to me. It's called... Agira, The Wrath of God. There you go. The feel the feel-good movie of 1972. 1972, directed <laughs> by Werner Herzog, and it's got a 96% on Rotten Tomatoes. I didn't expect to like it as much as I did. Um, I, I found myself, despite the fact that it was in German and I was reading subtitles while I was watching it, I still find, kind of found myself enthralled. I really enjoyed it. And of course, if you go back to our Werner Herzog episode, mm -hmm. I used his documentaries as my double feature gotcha. and I love him as a documentarian and the opening shots of this film start out just like a documentary. I mean, them walking down the, uh, the mountain trail in Peru in the Andes. Yes. And, uh, Noel said the exact same thing. He said that sets the stage for this movie and puts you right into that world. Did he pronounce it correctly? I didn't ask. Okay. Don Lope de Aguirre played by Klaus Kinski 
the very Spanish Klaus Kinski. <laughs> a ruthless Spanish conquistador vies for power while part of an expedition in Peru to find El Dorado, the mythic seven cities of gold. Accompanied by his daughter, Flores, played by Cecilia Rivera, Aguirre faces off against his superior, Don Pedro de Ursa, played by Rui Guerra, and grows increasingly volatile after seizing control of the group. As Aguirre presses deeper into the Amazonian jungle, he descends further into madness. Yes. And this is the point where you should mention your observation. Yeah, I, it, and it, I'm, it's not an original one. I've seen many people make the same comment that uh, Apocalypse Now mm -hmm. owes a lot to this movie yeah. because it features some of the same things about the descent into madness. One of my favorites was when they made that fat glutton guy their, their emperor. Yes. And yes. he was so ill-suited for the he role. He really was. Um, then of course there's the get great, out of my way, horse. <clears throat> there's the great line about uh, the guy being a head too tall, but not for long, and they just lop the guy's head off. Is this movie based on a factual expedition? Do we know? I am not versed in. I don't know either. Conquistador history enough. But to I know. do know that uh, Apocalypse Now is based on a novel, Heart of Darkness. Heart of Darkness, yeah. and I wonder uh, what the release dates are compared uh, to apocalypse now is like 79 but i mean the but, the novel oh 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 i get you okay yeah so that's a there's a little rabbit hole for you Dana. <laughs> all right so let's get into the or anything else we need to say about it before we get into the roles no i mean it's 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 a grim kind yes. of uh looking mat look into madness but it's worth the watch uh i know joey Poole loves this movie you said something in your tweet about the um, something was a metaphor for their descent into madness. Was it the river itself? Well, that's or was it the pan flute guy? <laughs> <laughs> no. Well, heart of darkness. That's that's the thing. Is like yes. they're going down that river, and the further they go, the more mad they get. And of course, this Conrad, is it Conrad, the William author? Conrad. So yeah, the 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 rafts, the really big gangly. Mm -hmm you know, barge rafts that they got all their shit on. I mean, those guys were ill-equipped for it. And trying to get the stupid cannon, mm -hmm. you know, it, oh. it, it's just, it, it kind of echoes that other Herzog movie where they're trying to get the ship over the hill. Yeah. Um, just, you know, the, the, the crap that we try to bring with us from our other life and when the, we find ourselves in new situations. The rusty cannon was very symbolic of their situation as well. Yeah. All right, so we've got Klaus Kinski, who is 46, as Don Lope de Aguirre. Uh, we've got Rui Guerra, who is 41, playing Don Pedro de Ursa. We've got Del Negro, which is one of the coolest rapper names I've ever heard of, <laughs> um, who's 43, playing Brother Gaspar de Carvajal, because you have to have a priest along to fulfill one of the three mission statements, God, Glory, and Gold. Right. So then we've got Helena Rojo, who's 28, playing Inez, and she is the wife of Ursa, the uh, captive former superior before the mutinous, mutinous actions of Aguirre. And then finally, we've got Flores, played by Cecilia Rivera. We don't have an age on her. It was really, really difficult finding how old she was, um, but she's the daughter of Aguirre. Sound about right? That's it. Mm -hmm. And... Chelsea, since you have one... I have two. For, you have two recaps for us today. Why don't you get us started with Don Lope Aguirre? Uh, so my actor was super popular in the 90s. 
Um, he was in Training Day, Before Sunrise, Before Midnight, Before Sunset. Mm-hmm. I picked Ethan Hawke. Nice. And only because he has very pointy features. Like he does. His chin, his nose are pointy He's like kind his. Of gaunt in a Kevin Bacon yes. sort of way. All right, cool. Sean, who are you picking for? Well, I kind of threw uh, age out the window for this right. one because as I'm off the raft. Well, as I'm watching Klaus Kinski do this excellent, excellent role, I went with a 65 year old actor. Oh wow! Who just screams that he wants to be Agira? Um, he was in At Eternity's Gate, The Lighthouse, The Florida yes. Project, and many, many others. I wow. went with Willem Dafoe. That's interesting. I feel like they've worked together, Klaus Kinski and Willem Dafoe. Were they both in The Shadow of the Vampire? I don't know if Klaus Kinski was in it. Uh, I think Klaus that, Kinski was the Orlock, wasn't he? He was. He was Nosferatu in the Werner Herzog movie. Shadow. Oh, Shadow of the Vampire is the documentary about uh, yes. Nosferatu. There you go. Damn it! No, no, I get you. Cross wires. All right. My Don Lope de Aguirre is also a German actor. I kept it German just for him. Um, he's in A Hidden Life, Inglorious Bastards, and a movie called Young Karl Marx, which I hope is a comedy. Uh, his name is Auguste Diel. Auguste Diel has some Klaus Kinski shit going on. Mm-hmm. And he's got a five head. He's got a five head. That's exactly what Michelle said. He's already in my camp. <laughs> Next, we've got um, Don Pedro de Ursa, and he is the military superior to Aguirre, but uh, is soon overtaken by the sheer will of Aguirre. And um, he was played by Rui Guerra, who was 41 at the time. Is this one of the ones you also have? Okay, Chelsea. Um, I thought of this immediately when I was watching the movie and a little bit younger, not mm-hmm. super out of eight range, but I went with um, Mr. Jon Snow himself, Kit Harrington. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. They well look done. identical. Well done. And so this is the last pick that you have for us today. It is. It's been a very busy work week, I understand. Yes. And um, so from here on, you're just going to be color commentary. Yeah, I'm going to make fun of your picks. Sounds good. Uh, Sean, who is your Ursa? I went with a 41-year-old British actor. He was in a series called Phone Jacker. He was in a series called Face Jacker. Hmm. He was in. Was, s- were they were they in the same series? I, they look <laughs> they look like they're kind of madcap comedies. Was he in New Jack City? I don't know. No, no. Uh, he was in uh, Kangaroo Jack. He was in Syriana. Hmm. He was in Thunderbirds Argo. Hmm. But he's also in the role of Nandor, rounding out my two-week recast involving what we do in the shadows. Oh, nice. His name is Kaven Novak. Okay. All right. Now, is he on the TV show or the in TV the TV series. He's okay. the other vampire. The Gotcha. I haven't really gotten into the, the TV show yet. I, I like I've seen TV. a couple episodes. I like the TV series better than the movie. Interesting. Okay. And uh, my pick... For Ursa. Oh, first, I think it's funny that Ursa means bear, and then they put him in a cage. Um, It's a bear in in a a cage. cage. Rui Guerra was 41. My actor is also Brazilian, because Rui Guerra Guerra was Brazilian. He's 45. He's in I Love You, Philip Morris, Love Actually, both of the 300 movies, and he's on the TV version of Westworld. His name is Rodrigo Santoro. Nice. Mm. And he's the, you know, the um, 
the caballero guy or the the um the mexican outlaw gunslinger yep. in westworld i got you cool uh correction caballero means cowboy <laughs> <laughs> my uh our next role is uh brother gaspar de carvajal played by del negro who was 43 at the time and who did you go with for this one sean well this is another throw the age out the window but mm-hmm. when i saw him i said i've got to cast this guy he's 68 years old um he's been in some movies you might have heard about um jurassic park Indo- oh, independence never heard of it independence day these are all uh grand budapest mm-hmm. hotel the fly i went with jeff goldblum hell oh, yeah that's great uh, the Life Aquatic with Steve Zissou, yes. also kind of an exploration film. Yes. Um, my brother Carvajal is 43 now. He's an American actor, but he has uh, some Sicilian her- heritage. Some Sicilian heritage. Uh, he was in <coughs> Rocky Balboa. He was in The Art of Racing in the Rain. That's my boy. And he's on the TV show This Is Us. I hope I say his first name right. Milo Ventimiglia. Is it Milo or Milo? I think the last name is Ventimiglia. Ventimiglia. Um, which means little window. Nice. Um, <laughs> That's oh a good one, dude. Uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's a talented guy. He really is. I wish he was in more movies. Yeah. He's been in a lot of TV shows. He was on Gilmore Girls, for mm-hmm. example. All right, next we've got Inez who is the wife of Ursa, and after he is captured and held captive, she's still allowed to go about her business, but she's she's got a lot of hate in her heart for Agira. Word. Uh, and so Helena Roja, Rojo, is it Roja? It is Roja. I wrote Rojo, but it's no, Roja. It's Rojo. Okay, Helena Rojo was 28 at the time, and Sean, who was your pick for this one? I was a 29-year-old actress from Tijuana, Mexico. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was in In Time. She's done some stuff on The Mentalist. She was in the Keeper Sutherland show Touch. And she was in Girl House. Her name is Zulika Silver. Okay, yeah. Basically, you just got to be really pretty. Very symmetrical. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> my pick for Helena Rojo. I uh, don't know why she she's... Ursa's wife, she doesn't have the same last name as him. And for that matter, Aguirre's daughter, Aguirre's daughter doesn't have the same last name as him either. Uh, must be a conquistador thing. My actress is 32 now. She is a Spanish actress. She was in The Boat, Winning Streak, and The Skin I Live In with Antonio Banderas. Her name is Bianca Suarez. Oh. Bianca Suarez is going to be my Helena Rojo. We've got one more. We've got Flores, played by... Oh, it doesn't say her, her last name. I was looking at the actress's last name. Uh, <laughs> Cecilia Rivera. Yes, Cecilia Rivera. We don't know how old she was, or what her character's last name was, or who her father was. Who did you pick for this? <laughs> um, I went with a 26-year-old actress. Since my uh, Agira is 65, I just went with a little bit older. Gotcha. Uh, anyway, she's a British actress, but she was born to a Brazilian mother and Canadian father. Mm. And uh, she was in, uh, let's see, she was in Everest, The Survivalist, A Cure for Wellness, and Suspiria with Mia Goth. Oh, nice, okay. dude. Nice. Good uh, good resume for her. 
My Flores, my Flores is 34, dude. Uh, so that means that uh, Aguirre would have fathered her when he was 16. Oh, that's possible. That's possible. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. 34, no, 12. 12, 12? Oh, that's plausible. Still possible. Still possible. <laughs> In the age of discovery. <laughs> my actress, my 34-year-old Spanish actress is in a movie called Morocco, Love in the Times of War, excuse me, Love in Times of War, Despite Everything, and Brain Drain. Her name is Amaya Salamanca. Amaya Salamanca is going to be my, no, my Flores, rather. Uh, it means flower. So, final thoughts on Egira. It's the it's, wrath of God. I've already said it. I, I think it's a really good film. Yeah, uh, it's I'm recommending watching. it as well. It was better than I expected. Uh, don't be turned away by the fact that it's in German and has English subtitles. Even though Amazon Prime tells you there's an English option, just write it out, just like the Amazon River. Chelsea, I really liked it. Cool deal. All right, so it's time for us to go to intermission, but not before we say. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby and get ourselves a compass and a map. Yeah. <laughs> all right, Chop Shoppers, thank you for bearing with us during intermission. This is your host, Travis, and I just have one question for you, Sean. What is one way we could make our podcast more prominent? Oh, if our listeners would rate and review us on iTunes. Rate, review, and subscribe to us oh, yeah, subscribe. on iTunes. And, or, and, and pin your friends down and enforce them to do it. Make them go ahead and do a review. We're very under like, like, like Make it a whole pyramid scheme. Get the people under them yeah. to do it. And multiply. A podsy scheme. Oh, I like it. Yes. You folks who are listening right now, it would be fantastic if while you're listening or right after, you don't have to stop the show, don't stop the show. But if afterwards you could go to iTunes and give us a review or a rating, that would be awesome as well. Or on whatever uh, podcatcher app it is that you're listening to us. We're on a few of them. And also, uh, be aware of our online presence. We have a Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash cinemachopshop. We're hosted natively online on Podbean. It's cinemachopshop on Podbean. And our Twitter handle is at cinemachopshop. We do a lot of stuff on there, like our movie marathon, where Sean consistently kicks my ass. Also, our uh, email address is cinemachopshop at gmail.com. You can email us anytime. We check it frequently. The beers that we check in after intermission, you're about to find out about some, are always checked in on Untapped. That's U-N-T-A-P-P-D. And we are Cinema Chop Shop on there. Once again, thank you to you, the listeners. Thank you for tuning in and enjoy the rest of the show. And now... On with the show. All right. Thank you for bearing with us during intermission, Chop Shoppers. And when we come back from intermission, what do we like to do, Sean? Beer check-ins. And what do we have this week? Well, I'll try to keep it on theme this week. This is from 13 Stripes Brewing up in the northeastern part of South Carolina. Uh-huh. This is Future World. Future World. 12. Like the new world. Yeah. It's, uh, a, it's a New England style uh, IPA. 
did I did you get that link I sent you about the Native American artist who did the installation of the neon is like neon text that says no new world yes I yes thought that was pretty cool and kind of fitting for our episode this week totally all right I want to pour this up for you while you get going on the marathon all right that's right it is time for the 2020 movie Just marathon and this is where Sean and Chelsea and I and Andrew is doing a half marathon this year uh, we try to watch as many new to us movies as we can throughout the calendar year and we check them in online with the hashtag 2020 movie marathon and as of this recording it is the 262nd day of the year I'm on number 319 I'm on 329 I've... that's my birthday it is yeah I've fallen behind I'm on 258 okay that's still not bad still not bad at all uh, you are, you are slightly behind the date, but you are within striking distance. Yes. All right. So go ahead and give us your first check-in, Chelsea. Um, do you want to do Challenger first? Do Challenger. Okay. So uh, I watched the Challenger movie miniseries documentary okay. thing on Netflix. About and... Challenger disaster? Yeah. Okay. Um, Wow. I don't really want to give a ton away, but it talks about up until like five years earlier when the shuttle program was first introduced and the promises that were made and how much money was spent and how much politics was at stake mm -hmm. and just this trickle down effect yeah. that that led to this. Are you old enough that you were in school when it no, no, I was. Sean and I were. And yeah. it was a nationally televised event that almost all the kids in American schools were watching live because one of the astronauts was a teacher. Of course. And it was it was like the 9-11 of my childhood. It, all right, so I did not watch it live. I had a friend who was a year older than me and in junior high, I was in seventh grade, he was in eighth grade at a different okay. school. And he was suspended that day because he's a troublemaker. Yeah. And he called the office and got um, his teacher on the line and said, you've got to get a TV on the, the, the space shuttle exploded. And mm. she was like, Oh, ha ha. Very funny, Brian. He's like, no, no, I'm not kidding. You've got to get it on. And from there it kind of went from teacher to teacher. And my, I was in a class where the teacher was able to get the AV cart and we set it up in the auditorium yeah. and, and just watch the news coverage. Right. So I didn't see it live, but, um, as I said in my review, for me, the uh, the avoidable tragedy that shaped Gen X's distrust of the government and our general malaise, um, this this just very much puts into focus my generation and how I have a very negative attitude about authority. I have a negative attitude about those in power because I always know that there is a double dealing uh, ulterior motive involved yes and there are people who to this day do not accept the blame for what they fucking did and it if you watch reckoning and if you watch mm -hmm. this the one guy i'm talking about is larry malloy that man should have been hanging by his neck and to this day he says out loud that he has no guilt about it but i tell you what you look at him the footage of him in 86 to what he looks like now that face is nothing but lined with guilt yeah um just because I wasn't in school yeah. to see it live. It doesn't mean you weren't aware. Well, absolutely not. Being in my field, it, it's something that I've always felt. Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, I was alive when it happened. 
sort of barely. Mm-hmm. I was a baby. But, um, a yeah, baby. <laughs> a little bubbly. Um, yeah, it's something I've, I've always just, I don't know. It's, it's sort of haunted me. So how long is it? How long is the, it's four series? episodes at about 45 minutes an episode. Oh, yeah. It's totally doable. Yeah. All right. Cool. So I'm going to count that as one of my check-ins too. So it's your it's turn. Great. My turn. All right. I'm going to talk about three movies that I saw this past week that, um, I liked. Uh, some more than others, but I liked all three of them. The first one is called Get Duked! Exclamation point from 2019, and it is on Netflix. The working title was Boys in the Woods, and uh, or Boys in the Wood, possibly. And it's a Scottish movie, and it's got all Scottish actors, and it's set in the Scottish Highlands in um, contemporary times, modern day. Four misfits take part in the Duke of Edinburgh Award, a wilderness challenge in the Scottish Highlands. They soon discover that they are being tracked and hunted by a mysterious figure. And it's very much um, a clash between the new youth and the old guard. And uh, this isn't really a spoiler alert because you never see his face, but he's in the opening credits. The, um, the main antagonist is, damn it, I always want to say it wrong. It's not Guy Ritchie or Ricky Gervais. It's the uh, the comedian who who um, did a lot of performance stand up performances in drag. Eddie Izzard. Yeah. Eddie mm. Izzard is the main villain, but he's always wearing this like human flesh mask. Okay. It appears. Uh, really good, really funny, and kind of scary. Cool. Yeah. And your next, Chelsea. You didn't go yet. I was tag teamed yeah, off you of yours. Yeah, tag teamed on yours. Well, you go because okay. I only have one more. That's okay. fine. Um, I'm gonna do the Killers from 1964. Okay, and this is on Criterion. Uh, no. Okay. Um, this is a movie that's the, the the Killers has been remade a few times, but this is the Lee Marvin edition. Um, Somebody told me you had a boyfriend. <laughs> Not those like kind of killers. So this is a this is a speaking of uh, uh, Hemingway. This is based on an Ernest Hemingway story. Uh, you know when Lee Marvin beats up a blind woman in the first five minutes, you're in for a ride. Oh boy! Wow. Um, this also co-stars John Cassavetes, uh, Angie Dickinson, and Ronald Reagan. Uh, speaking of beating up blind women, did you see Joey Poole's tweet today about um, beating up a blind woman? No, about oh. um, the Graham Parsons stole one of his most famous songs from a blind woman and claimed that he wrote it on a train out west. Okay. Anyway, uh, cool movie. Uh, Marvin and his uh, partner are hitmen. And they've been hired to kill John Cassavetes. And the movie kind of plays uh, in, in flashback from there. As they try to figure out why did we kill this guy? Who's really responsible? Um, Angie Dickinson is beautiful in this, but also very sly and cunning. Ronald Reagan is Ronald Reagan. Yeah. Uh, where am I? Okay, before we get on to my oh, next check-in. Yeah, the beer. I think it's very good. Yeah, I like their IPAs. They're very dry. Remind me the name. Uh, this is Future World Future from, World 13, from Stripes. 13 Stripes. Good stuff. I last minute checked in all of our beers from last week today. Okay, nice. Good. All right, so my next check in is going to be another movie that I liked quite a bit. And it is number 317. Just watched this 
last night or the night before last. It's also on Netflix. It's called The Devil All the Time. Uh, it is a southern gothic mystery slash thriller. Thomas Holland. Starring Thomas Holland and also Riley Keough. And um, oh, who else is in it? It's got an amazing cast. Uh, gosh, just look it up. It's got at least like five very well-known actors in it. Um, so my my review was a southern gothic drama mystery that to me is about the vulnerable being taken advantage of and what they can and can't do about it amazing ensemble cast you have another one sean i do chelsea do you want to yeah give us our give us your third my last check-in is oh, i hate saying this interstellar five five yes. five five yes the story of the secret star system i love it it's a it's a daft punk music yes. video and it's it's great it's like daft punk watched the movie heavy metal and they're like we can do better yes exactly um it was fun i loved it the music's great obviously it's a sci-fi story about a band from another galaxy and they get basically kidnapped and turned white yeah, they oh, go from wow. being blue-skinned aliens to white people. Yes, yes, and, yes I remember. I've seen it. I and they're, they're basically kind of slaves to the record industry. Yep. That's wild. I'm sorry I was distracted because I was looking up. Um, I am remiss because I did not remember Robert Pattinson oh. doing a passable southern accent. Oh. Bill Skarsgård and Sebastian Stan and Eliza Scanlon and Mia Waskowska. Uh so like I said, all-star lineup. Good cast. And that's on Netflix? It is. Okay. Yes. Um, my final check-in for the week is going to be a film called Too Late for Tears from 1949. Too late! And this stars uh, one of my favorite actors I've discovered on this show uh, through the films that we've watched. is Dan Durier. Oh, yeah. Uh, he played the Flim Flam Man in one of our films. Uh, he's a Flim Flam Man. Yeah, it was like one of our film noirs. Mm -hmm. uh, he's... Not a very good guy. Um, so basically, uh, a woman and her husband are driving along one night in their convertible, and the car is passing them by on Mulholland Drive, and they toss a money bag, and it lands in their car. Okay. Well, it was intended for someone else. Right. And so they say, hey, we just got a whole bunch of money. We should, you know, the wife is like, we need to do something about it. And the husband's like, no, I don't think so. It's not a good idea. Well, it turns out the woman had killed her previous husband, and she's Ooh. not a really good person anyway. So she has designs on keeping this money at all costs. And um, through the process of keeping the money, um, she accidentally kills her husband. And Dan Durier does come in the picture because he's the guy who was supposed to get the money. And uh, it's a big, long, drawn-out story of trying to keep up appearances and get the police on the wrong trail. Okay. As you make arrangements to get the money and and run, gotcha. Uh, pretty cool. Uh, Dan Duryea is great. He's impeccably sleazy, <clears throat> as he does. Take the money and run. <laughs> uh, was it the Betty Davis episode that we talked about him in? I Betty Davis lies. I don't know. I can't remember either. All right, the last one that I'm checking in is number three eighteen, and we've mentioned it on the show before. I think in movie news, it's the new Charlie Kaufman film. I'm thinking of ending things. And it is very much a Charlie Kaufman film. Okay. It's uh, cerebral, philosophical, 
and bleak. Uh, so basically, it is about a, a couple that hasn't been together very long, but they're going to his home to, to meet his parents. And the, um, the male lead is uh, Meth Damon. Oh, yeah? Uh, Jesse Plemons. Jesse Plemons. Nice. And the, the girl, I didn't recognize her, but she was very good. And reality starts to be questioned, and time frames, and ages, and uh, durations, and just a real mindfuck of a movie. So what I, it, and it's very hard to pin down like as you're watching it, you kind of have to think about it later. Okay. And so my review, I said, true to form, but not the best coffin work. I think it's about seeking your ideal self slash partner, but being haunted by past and future mediocrity. Where would you place it in the rankings of Charlie Kaufman movies? I. I think it's right around Anomalisa. I was going to say the same thing. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. So does that wrap us up on the movie marathon for this week? Yes. Let's move it along. I, I think that all three of my check-ins are on Netflix. Um, all right. So it's time for The Recast Continued. Part two. The New World. New Horizons. And <laughs> we're going with a quality, quality flick here. If you like a certain... Hugh. Mm. Oh, if you like Orange, this is the movie for you. Orange, you glad I didn't say Sahara? <laughs> oh, you did. It is 2005 Sahara, directed by Breck Eisner, whose name is almost as stupid as the main characters. Uh, based on a novel written by Clive Cussler, it's got a 38% on Rotten Tomatoes. A little bit high. Yes. Seasoned adventurer Dirk Pitt. Let's just take a moment of silence for the name Dirk Pitt. I really hope that was the name of the character in the Clive Cussler novel and not the uh, screenwriter being like, all right, I liked Boogie Nights. Brad Pitt's hot right now. <laughs> right? <laughs> so they set out for the African... Oh, sorry, I should say Dirk Pitt is played by Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. And they set out for the African desert with his sarcastic companion played by Steve Zahn in search of a ship rumored to have vanished long ago. It's a Civil War Confederate ironclad, supposedly carrying a whole bunch of Confederate gold. The main draw being the treasure supposedly hidden within the lost vessel. When the daring duo come across a beautiful scientist, played by Penelope Cruz, and she's actually a WHO doctor, uh, who is juggling an escape from a warlord and a mission to stop the spread of a powerful plague their desert expedition begins to heat up. No, it doesn't. Thoughts, Sean? Oh, I have so many problems with this movie. The orange filter that this thing was shot in uh -huh. was just dreadful. Um, it takes place in, and I've always pronounced it Lagos. Yes, they say... Wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay. Somebody says Legos, yes. but then you have Matthew McConaughey we're going to Legos. <laughs> he was just talking about the toy and the blocks. Go, go, and play, go and play with my Legos, man. And uh, it's like a redneck James Bond movie. Okay. There, I, was, I was saying that I found it silly but fun in a national treasure kind of yeah, way. Yeah, there is a 20-minute low-speed boat chase <laughs> yeah. that's pretty terrible. Rain Wilson's in this, we should also yes, mention. Rain Wilson shows and up. And they're trying to to get away from the authorities. And it, it's like, is this going to ever end? And yes, it does end. And it just 
gets progressively worse. Um, there is a quote-unquote romantic uh, attraction between McConaughey and Penelope Cruz. Of course there would be. Uh, there is zero chemistry between these two. And you said that they dated in real they life. They actually dated. I don't know if they met on the set of this, probably. But they dated <clears throat> in real life until... And there's an article about him talking about how he dumped Penelope Cruz mm. when he saw his current wife, Camilla walking into a bar well it, it does not translate to film because there is zero chemistry between those two and chelsea did you get a chance to see this or have you seen it oh uh, no i have avoided this movie <laughs> you're boycotting and... sahara yep all right so <clears throat> let's get into the roles we're recasting first we've got matthew mcconaughey who's 36 playing dirk pitt and then we've got uh penelope cruz playing ava rojas and she was 31 at the time We've got uh, McConaughey's partner and something of the comedic relief in the film, Al Giordino, played by Steve Zahn, who was 38 at the time. I know he's made some bad films, but to me, Steve Zahn can do no wrong. I like him. He's always kind of a wild card. Uh, and then finally, we've got Admiral Sandecker, played by the great William H. Macy, who was 55 at the time. And... Any, anything else we need to say before we recast it? No, just get it over with. Okay. <laughs> First, we've got uh, Dirk Pitt. And who did you decide would be a fitting actor for this role, Sean? I went with another 36-year-old actor. And I was going for somebody who was just, you know, attractive. I mean, that's really what McConaughey's uh, appeal was at this time. So... Uh, this actor was in Madam Secretary, My Last Days, Clouds on Disney+, and he played uh, Raphael on Jane the Virgin. His name is Justin Baldoni. Okay. Justin Baldoni. That's a good-looking, smiley he guy. He's, yeah, he's kind of got a similar McConaughey jaw. Yeah. All right. Well, um, so the, the Dirk Pitt character, he marches to the beat of his own drum He's kind of a kind of an outsider, even though he's got his his partner. He's the kind of guy that goes out and buys a Lincoln Navigator. And uh, my actor is also thirty six now. He was in American Sniper. He's in the Fifty Shades series, the critically acclaimed series. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, he's in the remake of The Magnificent Seven, and he's on the Paramount series Yellowstone. I've recast him before. His name is. Luke Grimes. Luke That'll work. Grimes. Yep. I think it has to be a stage name because he looks grimy. Next up, we've got Ava Rojas, played by Penelope Cruz, who was 31. Sean? Um, I went with a 32-year-old actress. She, this is an insult to her capabilities, in my opinion. Um, she is going to be in a film called Blonde. Uh, she was in Blade Runner 2049. No Time to Die, and Knives Out. I went with Ana de Armas. Oh, I love her. Yeah. I love her so much. Um, and my lovely wife, Michelle, Drink. Drink. is fully aware of my affections for Ana de Armas. <laughs> She's on my list. You guys know the list, right? If you yeah. ever had the yeah. chance yes. with a certain celebrity. I think that my list is too long, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my Ava Rojas is 30 now. She is a Mexican actress. Uh, she appeared in films such as Baby Driver, uh, the somewhat disappointing Alita Battle Angel, the renowned Hobbs and Shaw, and she's in the <laughs> upcoming 
Godzilla vs. Kong. Her name is Eliza Gonzalez. Yes. Eliza Gonzalez is going to be my Eva Rojas, originally portrayed by Penelope She was Cruz. also in uh, well, uh, Marwin. Welcome to Marwin. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. She's really good. All right. Next, we've got the partner in crime, Al Giordino, who was played by Steve Zahn, who was 38. And what were you thinking about for this one? Um, I went with a uh, another 38-year-old actor. Um, he kind of has that same... Zahn kind of slickness. Okay. Um, he was in Sleepers, Hostage, The Ruins, The Virgin Suicides, as well as uh, the thing I like him most in, which was uh, playing Loki, Livesmith, in American Gods with Jonathan Tucker. Ah, okay. Incidentally, The Ruins was actually the subtitle of The Virgin Suicides. Next... <laughs> My pick. Oh, by the way, Chelsea, how are we doing? How are we doing? Are we doing okay? Um, I don't really give a fuck about this movie. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> um, my Al Giordino is also 38. He was in, this is probably his breakout role, Detroit Rock City. He's in a movie called Sleepover. He's in the really bad movie Jungle to Jungle with Tim Allen, a.k.a. Tim Dick. And he's also on the TV show Being Human. His name is Sam Huntington. Sam Huntington. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. All right. We got one more. It's Admiral Sandecker. He was played by William H. Macy. He was 55 at the time. William H. Macy doesn't look that much older than 55 now. I mean, sometimes his character on Shameless does. Yeah. But I think in real life, he's, he's aged pretty well. And so who is your Admiral, Sean? I'm with another 55-year-old actor. Seemed like a natural fit for me. He was in Chicago. He was in Boogie Nights. He's in Guardians of the Galaxy, as well as Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. <laughs> and with John C. Riley. Hell yeah. Nice. And uh, I think it was because his role in Kong Skull Island that kind of led me into that boat, okay. boat captain yeah, kind of yeah. thing. Man, he showed up in something that I watched recently. Like some random, random early John C. Riley role. I'm excited about my pick, but it is somewhat controversial. So, uh, ladies, don't at me on Twitter. My actor is 56 now. His breakout role was in Thelma and Louise. He was also in Seven with a Seven for the V. Hmm. He's in Twelve Monkeys. He's in Legends of the Fall. He's somehow aging into William H. Macy. His name is Brad Pitt. <laughs> look. Look. Just look at That's it. That's funny. Yes. <laughs> wow. And of course, he's going to have to do like a Texas accent or some shit. All right. So final thoughts. Don't uh, watch it. It's not. Ever. It's a terrible, terrible movie. Skip it, skip it, if skip it. If you feel as though you have too many brain cells, maybe give it a whirl. All right. So... Our bonus segment is so stupid. Speaking of losing brain cells, it's going to be a battle royale between, are you ready for this? Go for it. An explorer, <laughs> an excursion, and an expedition. <laughs> Chelsea? Oh my God, that's too funny. And we are talking about the Ford SUVs. They're all yeah. Fords? Oh yeah. Why not a Lincoln? Isn't Ford owned by Lincoln? Or isn't Lincoln owned by Ford? I don't know. You tell me. I know that Lincoln was killed while 
in Ford's theater and Kennedy was killed while riding in a Lincoln? Um, I pick whatever one has a stick shift because I can drive that now. Nice. No, that's a that's an awesome accomplishment. I think that every uh, woman of the female persuasion, every person, every female person should know how to drive a stick shift in case you are ever in a bad situation that you just need to get the hell out of there. And maybe the only vehicle that's available to you is a stick shift. I should just amend that and say all people should know how to drive stick shifts. There you go. Uh, all right. Oh, um, my Your pick. pick um, what do we got? The Explorer? The Explorer, Explorer. The Excursion. Excursion. And then the Expedition. I'm just going to go with Explorer because that's the episode. Gotcha. I'm also going with the Explorer because of the three of those, it has like a little bit less carbon footprint. Yeah, one of those has a giant carbon footprint. Yeah, all three of them would be great for a drive-in movie, except if you were anybody else in the drive-in movie right. parking lot. All right, so we do want to go ahead and wrap it up. Thank you, Chelsea, Chop Shop Regulator, for being here. Thanks for having me. With your couple of picks and sorry. color commentary. I'm so sorry. Uh, anything that you want to plug? Um, no. Okay. And also, I want to thank my co-host and co-producer, the engineer, uh, the brew boss, Sean. Thank you for doing what you do, buddy. Yeah. Anything you want to plug? Uh, wear your damn masks. I see people slacking off. Yeah. Wear your damn mask. And do you know what next week's episode is? <laughs> oh, yeah, baby. This is one that I wanted to do just because I wanted to do it. Mm -hmm. Ninja movies. Hell Yeah. All right, so we do have a trivia question, but this one's just for fun because there is no trivia next week. Trivia will be back on September 30th. Guys, quit calling me. It'll be back on the 30th. Uh, in an interview with German media in 2012, American Ninja star Michael Dudikoff revealed that he sweated so much during the later fight scenes because he had blank. Diaphoresis. A hangover. Correct answer, malaria. Oh. oh, damn. Yes. All right, I want to go ahead and plug the podcast itself. Uh, please rate, review, and subscribe to us on all of your podcatcher apps. Uh, we're hosted online on Podbean. We're Cinema Chop Shop on there. Our Twitter handle is at Cinema Chop Shop. We're Cinema Chop Shop on Facebook. And our email is cinemachopshop at gmail.com. The beer that we checked in today, uh, we will check in on Untapped. That's U-N-T-A-P-P-D. And we are Cinema Chop Shop on there as well. Uh, as always, Black Lives Matter. Farewell. Thank you to you, the listeners. And please remember to watch, watch Chop, Chop Retrofit. Retrofit.